Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hello and welcome to another What Culture Wrestling podcast. I'm Michael Hamford from What Culture, joined by Andy Murray from What Culture to preview everything on tonight's NXT 2.0. But if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure to subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts for daily wrestling podcasts. We review Raw, SmackDown, NXT 2.0, AW Dynamite, Rampage, pay-per-views, premium live events, and of course, a round of the week complete with a bloody good quiz on wrestle culture. But Andy Murray, it is NXT 2.0. It is Vengeance Day Fallout, which is typically <laughs> one of our safety SEO terms when there's not a lot to preview on the show itself. There are a few notes in general and things we can go through tonight, including Fallout from last week's show. But as a um, special guest on the preview this week and in lieu of the, well, I would just be up front, daft bollocks and stupid idiot nonsense we talk on this podcast. <laughs> Why don't you share with us some long-form thoughts, your takes, feelings, emotions on NXT 2.0 in general, the project, its success, and its terrifying future? Mm. Yeah, it's it's it certainly calmed down a lot, hasn't yeah. it, over the over recent months? It's uh, I remember those the glory days of those first few months where it was just ridiculous debut after ridiculous debut after here's a clown here's a surfer here's a cowboy here's some sexy ladies here's this here's that and it was just non-stop information it does feel like that has kind of slowed down a little bit now we're still getting the drip feed of interesting new people uh coming into it every couple of weeks you get a wendy chu or you get a tiffany stratton i can't do the voice i'm sorry uh a really just a total weirdo comes into your life and you're yeah. kind of thankful for them for a couple of weeks. But NXT 2.0 has kind of gone the way I thought it would. It's 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 a developmental territory. Mm-hmm. That means that, well, occasionally uh, you're going to get Roderick Strong and Carmelo Hayes getting together and having a great match. Uh, you're not going to get that even like once a month these days, I would yeah. say. That might sound harsh or whatever, but I don't think it is because it's not the goal of the product. It It fits its billing. It really does as a place for these people who are on screen to come and learn and figure out how to be WWE style TV wrestlers uh, rather than what we would traditionally call like great wrestlers. The kind of people who are going to go to New Japan once they get released from here, having been built up from the performance center and immediately go to have four and a half star. Match. It's a different goal. It's reflective of everything we heard. I think I've not been surprised by a single thing about it so far. I will say that it's probably a less interesting watch today than it was back in September when it was 
really quite bad <laughs> at times uh, early on. Uh, a lot of it was a train wreck, but it was kind of a fun one to watch. They were throwing so much stuff at the wall and hoping it stuck. Um, but, you know, you've got people like Braun Breaker uh, doing main events, and he has a lot of positive qualities. Mm. Uh, I think that he has that Steiner energy at times, and like he's obviously got a great look and big cheesy moments like him kicking the stupid NXT logo, uh, yeah. <laughs> kicking out the old NXT. It's <laughs> cornball stuff. But then you watch the matches, and it's clear that even people like him, who's at the top of the car, still have a long way to go. Uh, mm. Good matches tends to be the peak. There is still some really, really bad stuff on this show. But hey, it's a developmental show. Of course there is. Uh, you can make the argument over whether or not you should have that kind of stuff on TV in the first place. That's a separate yeah. conversation. But as far as the product that is being presented to us now, I think it's pretty much the product that was promised. Uh, yeah, Bright Lights for me, I think like Carmelo Hayes is great. Uh, him and Trick Williams are awesome every week. They have found a way to just really knock out the park in this it's still quite a strict framework uh, down here in NXT. They're great. I like Braun Breaker a lot. Uh, the Diamond Mine unit is right up my street. It's just serious, <laughs> no-nonsense suplex people who are jocks and do press-ups and stuff in the middle. It's good stuff. Um, and I, I still love coming and uh, talking bollocks about stupid characters like Tiffany. <laughs> <laughs> you said you couldn't I, do the voice. I tried, I tried the voice. Uh, it, it didn't come out too well. Uh I like Wendy Chu, but yeah. then, you know, there is still a lot of, hey, you're a woman, you, you need to dress like it's the uh, Attitude Era here, yeah. because that's what's yeah. going to get our viewers up. It has been an objective failure in terms of attracting younger viewers. You know, a few weeks ago, we had the median viewer was 63 years old, for God's sake. Yeah, it has fallen apart as something that appeals to young people. So you can't even look at the things they've done with aesthetics and like the cool catchphrases like, yeah, it's on or whatever. Whatever <laughs> they say. Like that. Yeah, it's, it's popping. All of this stuff. Like, th that has been a complete objective failure. But as far as grooming people to go up to the main roster and, and be ready and, and, and providing a similar system to Raw and SmackDown, I think it's been all right. It has completely fallen out of the zeitgeist, NXT 2.0. Like, it, it barely gets mentioned on my timeline these days, whereas before, every Wednesday night, it was NXT, it was AEW, what's going on, who's going to win, who had the better show, blah, 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 blah. Priorities changed, products changed, personnel have changed, goals have changed, performance center has changed, entire developmental philosophy has changed. But yeah, that, that you know, peaks at probably like a 6 out of 10. Uh, but it's rarely like a 2 out of 10 anymore, which is what it was at the start. Yeah, I mean, you've like nailed a lot of key problems there. I mean, for one, it won't be the only NXT brand associated with grooming. But when you've got like a show for 63-year-olds that looks like a children's show that features... Yeah a product that is for teenagers in the late 1990s i think that's a that it's such a mess of contradictions and as you say a developmental with a bunch of wrestlers that have only got one page on cage match but that'd be <laughs> fine if this wasn't televised live on a tuesday night every week yeah. like the context of it is all wrong at this point but that's what throws up a few nice surprises like you say your tiffany or tony d'angelo's are your guys that you can just have ludicrous fun with um i guess in the place of boring um capital wrestling center one and three quarter star matches of which to be fair we might get a few of tonight on a card that is looking almost disconcertingly match heavy before we get to um the what they've announced for the card tonight because there's always extras that we never know about but they have uh, they have stacked it up with like 
Four matches of moderate stakes tonight. Let's um, touch on Vengeance Day last week and the, the stuff that maybe hasn't yet been advertised, but could be the winnets, if you will, hanging off the arse of Vengeance Day. Currently, we've got, um, you mentioned Carmelo Hayes before, one of the genuine standouts. We're all massive fans of Hayes and Williams at What Culture. It appeared as if they were going to uh, Carmelo Hayes and Pete Dunne as a result of Hayes uh, retaining the North American title last week against Cameron Grimes. Um, Dunn is in a position now where I get he's on virtually 50-50 with um, Tony D'Angelo and the jury's out on exactly how much he's brought D'Angelo along. But that's kind of what Pete Dunn is there to do now, is bring guys along. There are select talents that are left on NXT to do some of the grunt work in helping elevate these legends, uh, these newcomers quicker. Um, have you got any sort of hopes or aspirations for Carmelo Hayes and Pete Dunn as a title programme or just as a as a general um, uh, feud that exists more for the up-and-comer than it does for the established guy? Yeah, for sure. I think it's a good pairing. Um, definitely. Like, Carmelo has prior with the Roderick Strong match uh, mm. of, of facing off against these more tenured guys. And even the Cameron Grimes match, like Trevor Lee is a very, very tenured pro wrestler yeah. uh, out with WWE and is a skilled guy who's excelled in a number of different environments. So, you know, not to undersell Carmelo at all. I think he's awesome, um, mm. but he's done well against this type of opponent. Now, admittedly, a guy like Roddy has more of a track record of elevating people than than Pete Dunne does. But Roddy's been doing this for 20 years. It's like, of yeah. course he does. Of course he does. Um, the the Dunne D'Angelo program, um, your old crowbar on a pole match, I thought was kind of a disaster. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very much... Uh, an inexperienced wrestler who isn't TV ready but has a funny character yep. uh, being handheld by a veteran, and that really showed in the moments where where Tony was on top. I did think things they fared better at Vengeance Day. That was you know relatively basic hardcore style match, but it was still fun. It was decent. Yep. It was a it was a clear step forward. I thought. Um, but yeah, I think I think Dunn and Hayes can can do some good stuff together. Dunn is deceptively experienced for his age, like all these British guys who seemingly started wrestling in Trent Seven's shed at twelve years old. <laughs> um, I respect it, uh, but yeah, I think it can be a good pairing for sure. Fits the bill of what this brand is supposed to be. The more experienced guys are there, they might be better wrestlers, but that's the whole point. They're there to lift others up. Um, I certainly wouldn't look at pulling the trigger on 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 passing the belt over to Pete Dunne at this stage. Yeah. I think Hayes is in the ascendancy. I think him and Trick Williams is a money act. Uh, we keep it on him. But yeah, they can have a good match. Um, Pete Dunne, week-to-week TV performer, where he just comes out of a microphone and goes, I don't care about whatever <laughs> the topic is at hand. It's not the most engaging thing in the world, Pete. I would like you to care sometimes. Uh, that, would, that would help me care as a viewer, for sure. But uh, yeah, great wrestlers. I'm sure they'll have a good match. It'll be a fun program. And hopefully it's another step uh, just in the learning process for Carmelo Hayes. Um, also a, a provisional pairing, not something we would maybe expect a match for tonight, but there could indeed be a video package or a follow through from what we saw last week. Not content with his name change or being the most handsome man on NXT 2.0, Gunther <laughs> of, uh, kicked off some, I don't know, I didn't give you a laugh line there. I'm not sure why you're giggling away, but uh, yeah, he appears to be heading into something with um, Solo Sokoa, whether or not Sokoa is going to find um, a couple of partners to possibly do an Imperium six man en route to the singles match. But it feels like we're heading to the singles match. I mean, this is as much a question about the potential of a Gunther Solo Sokoa match is as it is a discussion on the Gunther change, the Walter on NXT 2.0 experiment, because we're we're still in the infancy of that. And weekly, we sort of sit around myself, Wilborn and Sidgwick, and all come to the very difficult conclusion 
that somehow like Gunther now feels like the third man in his own stable in line <laughs> with the awesome recent rise of uh, Fabian Eichner and Marcel Barthel. It's, I don't know, this feels like it's going to be a difficult start for life as, as the sort of the renewed Gunther character because you'd expect him to win, but Solo Sico is one of these aforementioned young guys that they're probably going to want to protect or they're going to want to preserve regardless yeah. of how this feud plays out. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that's just what he is now. I think Walter was uh, one of the standout wrestlers in the world. Um, <laughs> at his best, he was this indomitable guy with this incredible aura, a really simple but effective style of wrestling, mm. a master of the craft whose high-level work was as good as anything you would see anywhere. You could slot him into any company and he'd immediately be a five-star worker. Attraction preserved his aura. He felt menacing, even when he didn't have a traditionally menacing look. He was a force of nature. He was a special pro wrestler. But Walter's dead now. This is Gunther, or Gunther, or however we're pronouncing it. He is now Pete Dunne. He's Tommaso Ciampa. He is any other LA Knight who we're going to talk about here. Any other veteran wrestler on this roster. That is what he is now. He is... Strip away all the good stuff that I've just said. And look, he's still going to have good matches by virtue of being really good at his job. But yeah. he's an enhancement guy now. That's what he is. He's there to lift people up on their way to the top. He has uh, traded the other stuff to move to the United States, become a full-timer. And he knows this is the deal. He knows what he's in for. He held off against it for several years. And look, I'm not calling him a seller or anything like that. I think that can be often disrespectful when you look at someone who's made a career choice. Um, it's disappointing to me as a fan. Don't get me <laughs> wrong. But I think he's just there to enhance people now. So yeah, he's going to lose to Solo Sokoa. Um, he, You're absolutely right. For as long as the other Imperium members are tag team champions, they're going to get more focus and they're going to stand out more because Walter's job is no longer to stand out. It's to help others stand out. Uh, I think it's a shame, but it's the reality of the situation. Uh, and look, if, if if Gunter ends up on the main roster, you know fine Vince, Vince McMahon's never going to do anything with him. Uh, he taught us that at Survivor Series the other year, unfortunately. Yeah. So yeah, it's the grim reality of the situation, but you guys are dead on your money in your in how you've uh, analysed it. We wouldn't have seen it coming, I don't think. But I mean, um, speaking of seeing things coming, because this show reeks of sex and locker rooms and... <laughs> There may be some uh, follow-through this week on the uh, the budding relationship between Duke Hudson and Persia Perotta. Now, that actually provides <laughs> me with my segue. Not that I'm going to give you the hospital pass of asking you to give you this <laughs> potential new uh, tryst between a heel, a heel and a baby face. But what it did do, um, because as NXT casts all its women to be uh, cock-hungry, obsessed Jezebels, um, it appears to have created a potential divide, yet another one, between Indy Hartwell and Persia Proctor, who are part of the um, uh, Dusty, Rhodes, uh, Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, the women's variant, of course, which kicks off tonight in earnest. There will be two matches this evening. Proctor and Hartwell are not in action, which is good because Dexter Lemus and Duke Hudson are getting down to some looking. But um, <laughs> they will be taking on uh, the interesting pairing of Wendy Chu and Dakota Kai. Uh, whilst also we'll be having Cora Jade and Raquel Gonzalez, those two have somehow managed to find a way to get along. I'm uh, campaigning, by the way, for, um, you know, how Raquel Gonzalez has got that bike. I want Cora Jade to uh, come down to the ring, skitching on the back of the bike, just holding onto the skateboard like Marty McFly in uh, Back to the Future. That can be their their special entrance. They're going to be taking on uh, Ulisa Leon and uh, Valentina Feroz. 
Yeah, shrug. Uh, and on the other side of the bracket, which is what we're going to get tonight on the show, is Ivy Nile and Tatum Paxley uh, versus Casey <laughs> Catanzara and Caden Carter. We will return to that. Um, but we'll start with um, the team that have to be the heavy favourites in this. Um, that's right. It's Amari Miller and Lash Legend. No, not really. But they're going to be taking on Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray. Um, your thoughts on the perspective quality of the match and the shirai Ray pairing in general? It's probably the match. I mean, it's really hard to look at this tournament and go, hey, this is going to be the match of the tournament. <laughs> um, when you when that's not the goal of the product anymore. But yeah, I mean, it's probably got more potential than, than anything else that's lined up um, in this first half. You know, Shirai and Kaylee Ray is probably the most talented team they could put together on paper. Yeah, uh, they're both exceptional. I mean, Kaylee Ray has suffered from having a weird gimmick. I've got yeah. a bet and I smash things. And you, yeah, it's like part of this product is that it is a terrible waste of people who are not even hitting their prime yet, mm. like Kaylee Ray and like Dakota Kai, who have to play these clowns on television uh, and serve as enhancement people. Really, you know, the veterans on this brand should be people like LA Knight who are in their late thirties. You know, yeah. Um, but. It, the tournament as a whole, man, I, I don't know. Um, difficult to read into what we should expect from this. Now, I, I, I'm well aware that I've just sat there and spoke about match quality, but on the other side of this, unfortunately, you have Lash Legend who, believe it or not, finished something like 10th in the recent Observer poll of the worst match of the year mm. for a match she had on, on, on 205 Live last year, which was about three minutes long. So what you have here is the ultimate test of the NXT system because <laughs> you've got someone who has, to be fair, only wrestled about four matches, but is not ready to be on TV and mm. shouldn't be on TV going against Yoshi Rai, who's one of the best wrestlers in the world, and Kaylee Ray, who's fantastic herself. Yeah. Um, I don't think they're going to make much of it I mean, it, it, it'll fill 10 minutes of their obligation to USA Network, won't it? And, like, it's a shame to say that about this tournament, but but, but the thing is, like, all of these pairings, really, apart from Kat and Zaro and Carter and, and Niall and what, Tatum Paxley, oh, yeah. um, are kind of thrown together because mm. you got the Diamond Mine connection there and you've got Kat and Zaro and Carter who are trying to get rid of those pests <laughs> Brooks and Jensen or Brooks and Benson or Benson and Hedges or <laughs> Hamilton Richmond. I don't know. <laughs> it's all a mess. I've gone completely off the rails here, Michael. Please save this segment. Well, no, they, that's where this uh, podcast typically belongs. It's where it resides, is off the rails. If it gets on them, we've gone wrong somewhere. Um, <laughs> obviously, quite predictable, yeah. We're, I'm assuming we're both going with Shirai and Larray to win this comfortably and, oh, yeah, and yeah. start plotting a course to the final. Um, it's Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Slightly more unpredictable, I think. The other, the other half of this bracket: Ivy Nile and Tatum Paxley versus Caden Carter and Casey Catanzaro. As you've said, um, Carter and Catanzaro's involvement on NXT lately has been, you know, their potential um, dating picture with Lambert and Butler. But um, <laughs> we know so little about Tatum Paxley. Will this be Diamond Mine's X factor in this tournament, or is it going to be their undoing? She's been listed on WWE.com's preview copy as a Diamond Mine prospect, which. I think is uh, company code for we wanted Ivy Nile in the tournament, so we're just like lobbing somebody with her so we can do something. Do uh, the Diamond Mine uh, cut through this tournament? Because Ivy Nile's got a lot of, like raw potential is sometimes a patronizing phrase in wrestling, but she absolutely screams it at the moment. You can see, like she's got a lot of the intangibles potentially if they actually let her unlock them. It doesn't matter too much what she can do technically. I think she looks like she's got all this TV star potential, Ivy Nile. how well that's going to mesh with Carter and Catanzaro's babyface style, I'm not really sure. But I, I'm struggling to pick a winner. I think there's arguments, pros and cons for both teams here. Um, if only because Tatum Paxley is a complete, um, well, an X factor. It could go, she could be, like it's NXT 2.0. You assume the worst, unfortunately, of a debutante <laughs> because we've been given too much evidence of these guys being rushed to television. But what if she rules? Yeah, this is it, isn't it? Um, who knows? Like, I think Ivy Nile came on TV and immediately popped off the screen, uh, yeah. regardless of what she can do in the ring or whatever. Um, she fits that stable like a glove. She mm. has, like I described Ron Breaker earlier, she has the Steiner energy as well when she's doing the the, the crunches and stuff while holding an opponent. In this. I mean, it's great stuff. Like, it's good work. And Zaro has got the body to be bent in half for that kind of spot. Yeah, exactly. Like she'll let herself get tied up like a pretzel because pretzels are things that you tie, apparently. (laughs) Uh, But I I mean, I think I I could see this most likely ending in Tatum, Tatum, mashed potatoes, (laughs) packs, packs, potatoes. Who's packs, packs, potatoes? Jeremy Paxman. Uh, I can see uh, I can see the host of Newsnight taking the fall here for sure and the other two <laughs> going on. I mean, if you want to avoid this tournament becoming a complete disaster, you might as well put one of the other working tag teams through the through the process, right? Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I expect um, Caden Carter and Casey Catanzaro to rise to the university challenge. Um, that's, <laughs> uh, that's all our Dusty Cup stuff wrapped up. So uh, let me talk to you about LA Knight. He has finally dealt with the restraining order. Um, he has finally dealt with... Um, Sanger, Grayson Waller's new heater by beating him on night one. And we are down to the match itself. The Grayson Waller experiment. He was 
Given the writing off of Johnny Gargano as a big heat thing, he was given AJ Styles as a guy that from the main roster that he pissed off enough to have to come down to NXT to fight him. Um, but he's not really picking up many Ws along the way. He lost to AJ Styles. The Gargano thing, obviously, understandably, didn't really lead to much in particular. LA Knight has kind of had Waller's number throughout. It sort of feels like this is all teeing up for Waller to get the win. But is this going to feel a little bit pyrrhic? And what's your sort of take on the prospective quality of this? Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with it as well. I think I like the idea of of Grayson Waller as this loudmouth, flashy bell end mm. uh, with the the loud shirts and the the avoidant style, and he's got a heater with him, and like it's classic pro wrestling stuff. And he clearly has some degree of charisma. Um, he's a pretty good talker. He has pretty good presence, and he's a pretty good wrestler. But that's the, that's the the assessment that that springs to mind as soon as I think of him. So far, it's pretty good. Yeah. Rather than I don't at the moment, I don't look at him and think that guy is going to be a mega star in two or three years. Um, and it's kind of a shame, but it's kind of how this process works. Look, he's clearly further along than the majority of the people on this show. Like, he doesn't need anywhere near as much developing as other people. But I don't feel like they're developing a headlining star here. I think they're developing someone who's pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, the booking doesn't help. Um, I think defeating Sanga in his first match pretty much in like three minutes. It's like, what the hell? Yeah. I mean, you can certainly tell that Vince and Bruce have their hand in this now, just as much as you can tell from the sexualization of the woman that Johnny Ace has his hand uh, uh -huh. in this product these days. But yeah, no man, like Ellie Knight, <laughs> Ellie Knight's a meme. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's a really good talker, but he's, yeah, he, yeah Johnny, yeah. But he's also just kind of doing a rock Steve Austin kind of tribute act at the same time with his own catchphrases. Yeah. He calibrates his every line of dialogue to somehow squeeze a catchphrase in there. <laughs> and it's it's so much fun. I love having him on TV because you just sit there and go, yeah, oh, yeah, there's the yeah, there's the let me talk to you. <laughs> and that is a fact of like all of that stuff. It's funny. Um, and he's, he looks great on TV, obviously. Mm -hmm. Good looking guy. Um, a, a quality ceiling. I don't think it's that high, but I think this will be fine. I think it'll be simple, but uh, not necessarily a springboard for Grayson Waller, which the AJ program could have been. But again, that match underwhelmed as well. It was yeah. it was good. Where maybe you'd expect from a guy like AJ being in there, it'd be great. Maybe Grayson Waller is just not the prospect that WWE think he is, thinks he is. Well, that's it. I, like for the time it feels, it's probably only four or five weeks, but for the time it feels like it's been inserted into this uh, night and Waller feud specifically, it feels like there should be more heat around this. I do wonder with a guy like LA Knight with them, um, and we're going to talk about Dolph Ziggler next, but with Dolph Ziggler being on this show tonight, and let's just say because there's a main roster infusion, Vince McMahon is forced to watch from that monitor um, that was installed in his office by Triple H in 2014 that he never ever switched on until 2.0 started in 2021. I wonder if he's forced to have a look tonight because Dolph's on. He sees LA Knight and just gets him confused, thinking, oh, I can't wait to get him back on Raw. And Dolph is just left there forever and he just takes LA Knight back instead. Because, yeah, he does. He radiates the right, certain right qualities for significant, like, WWE superstardom, I think, LA Knight. Yeah. I think probably the nicest way I can put it. But there's not a load of time. He hasn't been brought in as a sprightly. I, I'm not age shaming him either, but he's not been brought in as a like a sprightly 20-year-old that's got sort of five or six years to develop in here before giving Raw a try. He's pretty much... Is he as good as he's going to get? I don't know, but he's good enough 
for the WWE system to probably just have him doing other things on Raw SmackDown. So if anything, if Grayson Waller was to take LA Knight as a bit of a scalp, I'd like to think they'd consider just taking a bit of a post-WrestleMania gamble on LA Knight's call-up. Yeah, you might as well, man. Like he's, I'm going to Google it actually because I should know this off the top of my head. But take a point on thirty-seven. So he's thirty-nine and he's forty this. He's forty this year. So, yeah, yeah, no spring chicken. Um, A good guy probably to have around younger wrestlers because he is a very good talker. Mm. uh, In that, you know, he obviously wears his influences on his sleeve, but (laughs) he's a good talker. Uh, and it, you'd, you'd hope that he could impart some of that onto younger wrestlers, help them work on their own promos and stuff. But at the same time, did you bring did you bring him in to do that? Uh, how much money are you paying him to do that? How much is it worth? I, I would just throw him on the main roster. I think he's got a great physique. He's got presence. He's got charisma. He's got character. I think if you put him on TV, people would not have a great deal of difficulty catching on to him we've said this before about a certain ec3 mm. uh we should say who's near identical situation except maybe maybe not quite as catchy uh with yeah. the catchphrases and stuff uh but yeah we've been here before and there's no such thing as a sure thing on the main roster but i agree they might as well roll the dice they might as well roll the dice uh maybe it doesn't work and he has to go back down to to nxt but Knight's role has always confused me a little bit because I don't think he's like an adept enough in-ring wrestler to improve the people he's working. He's fine, but yeah. he's not like this savant. He's not Cesaro, for God's sake. No. Uh, or AJ Styles, who was down here recently. He's not even Dolph Ziggler. No. Um, I don't really see what benefit he has from grinding out matches with these folks. Uh, yeah, man, throw him up. Why not? I'm sure he'll do fine. Um, he, I mean, he can't do worse than EC3 did, right? I don't think so. I love, by the way, that you just used the phrase, not even Dolph Ziggler. So speaking of the worst of that, <laughs> so let's get to the man himself. Um, the show-off is on NXT uh, 2.0 tonight, obviously, to um, well, conclude hostilities with Tommaso Ciampa. They've um, that kind of kicked off in earnest a couple of weeks ago when Dolph Ziggler just came to NXT to seemingly to rabble-rouse with um, Braun Breaker, with the very heart and soul of NXT and the belt and all the rest of it. Um, that overlapped into the Braun Breaker title defence last week and indeed onto Monday Night Raw, where um, Tommaso Ciampa and Finn Balor teamed up to beat the Dirty Dogs. Um, surely, it, am I that wild to assume that this is only going one way and that's a Ziggler win leading us to Ziggler versus Breaker at Stand and Deliver? Oh, God, that doesn't sound... Uh, that doesn't sound great, does it? The way this, <laughs> this programme has gone. It's yeah, like, I'm struggling to see another outcome. The talking about the heart and soul of NXT and stuff, it's just, I mean, we're we're only like, what, five months into this rebrand, and it's already played out because they've leaned on it so heavily since day one. Yeah. So when a guy starts spitting stuff like that, I just immediately disconnect from it because it was like, what, what are you on about, mate? You weren't even uh, really here. You weren't, what, you're Dolph Ziggler, you've been on the main roster for 20 million years. What are you talking about, uh, brother? Cedric pointed out when Champa before War Games came out and he was like, hey guys, you ready for War Games? And this is the same Samasa Champa that like six months ago was like, I'm sick of people coming on NXT and not making it super serious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Suddenly got to be whatever NXT morphs into, paintball and all. Yeah, it's just, I don't know, man, this program hasn't hit. And the uh, the core idea of it is good. Braun Breaker, uh, Braun Breaker, uh, Dolph Ziggler comes down and starts messing with people in NXT. Like at this stage in his career, realistically, Dolph Ziggler should be one of these guys who's in NXT and working with the young guys because, yeah. like, take off your maybe. Uh, I, I think the bandwagon for support for him as a top level guy has waned certainly over the past yeah. few years. Um, 
But even removed from that, WWE are never going to push him as a top level. They're never going to push him beyond what he currently is at the moment, right? No, whether they should or shouldn't is immaterial. They're just not going to do it. So why not use him in a complimentary role down here while he still has a bit of stock and still has a bit of star power? And it's still he's a good wrestler. I don't think he's like... I don't think he's gotten worse in the ring or anything like that. I still think he's performing at the same level. He just yeah. doesn't have many opportunities to do so these days. Um, it's a good role for him, but I just this hasn't really clicked on any level. I don't think it, it. It feels artificial. Like old guy comes down the hood and sort of it. All this rubbish, mm. and, and and then you get into this situation here where he's facing Tommaso Ciampa and Ciampa on Raw just felt like just a guy who got a lucky roll up pin over Robert Roode. The idea, the first stage of this idea is good. The execution has been poor. Um, if he is to beat Tommaso Ciampa, okay, sure, whatever. Maybe he's headlining against Dolph Ziggler. I mean, they probably feel like they need a name like Ziggler on top to try and sell out that ridiculously huge building they've yeah. uh for the mini, whatever we're calling the NXT premium live event these days. Mm -hmm. um, he's a good guy for Breaker to learn from, for sure. It's just not all that exciting, is it? It's the strangest thing because, yeah, as you say, the, that, um, the ambitious booking of... Uh, that, is it the American Airlines for Stand and Deliver? I it's cannot a, remember. It's, it's an, it's a, I haven't got it in front of me, but it's a normal wrestling venue, basically. And yeah, the prospect of this current iteration of NXT drawing anybody other than those Orlando hardcores is a tough old sell. So I understand the rationale of bringing somebody from the main roster in and not just airlifting them in it's going to if we get to Ziggler Breaker it's going to feel organic to a point because we've had this run-up we've had this series of exchanges between the two and you know Tommaso Ciampa has made his way over to Raw and it's perhaps good exposure if nothing else for Breaker to be rubbing shoulders with bigger names at such a young point in his career but even then like is Ziggler I don't mean to be cruel to Dolph Ziggler but is he even a ticket selling pro wrestler of that standing at this point if they if they want to bring somebody down from the main roster to sell tickets for a brawn breaker match i'm going intentionally big and stupid here on purpose right but if you honestly want to draw somebody that people think wow i actually have to buy a ticket to go and look at that it's got to be somebody like a goldberg hasn't it or sure. something with such insane appeal like goldberg um you know a, a, a part another part-timer name a returning star the fucking boon like just somebody <laughs> that people have no choice but to think if, you were, if it was on telly, you would have to stop what you were doing and look at it. If you're in Dallas, think, sod it. I'm going to buy a ticket for this. There's yeah. all this wrestling that I'm going to choose that to go and watch. With the greatest respects to the match that Ziggler could give Breaker and the learning that Breaker could get in the dark arts that we as fans don't necessarily see, in terms of like pulling in the punters, is Ziggler even really that guy? Yeah, no, you, absolutely, absolutely. I think they see him as that guy, mm. um, potentially, because he's a level of star above the average NXT wrestler, but he's not a star. He's not a star because WWE have booked him into the ground for yeah. 10 years, right? Like, he's people have been conditioned to accept this dude as just a middling guy who turns up. It's to the point now where, you know, when he gets the occasional world title feud for a month, people roll their eyes and go, oh God, Ziggler. <laughs> like, he's he's not someone who's necessarily going to make a difference. I think they probably perceive him as that. Mm. Um, but I think, like, I always say this, but, like, if you're going to go in on something and an idea in wrestling, I think you kind of have to go all in. So earlier today on the Raw review, we spoke about when Cody comes in, it's got to be huge. You can't have him feud with some mid-card guy and, like, get his feet wet. It's like, no, because you've cooled him off immediately. Mm -hmm. um, you can't have... 
Tommaso Ciampa going to his match with Dolph Ziggler, winning via roll-up against his tag team partner, because it's weak. You've got you've done about 30% of what you can, and it would be the same with Ziggler. If you want to give Braun Breaker a main roster scalp, I think he has to beat a Seth Rollins or someone like that. Yeah. Like, maybe not Seth, because he'll have WrestleMania programs going on, but if you have someone on that roster who doesn't have a program going on, uh, and you can slot them down there, Hell, God, I mean, he's just had a WrestleMania match booked, but Rey Mysterio would have been a good shout. Uh Um, Maybe even Finn Balor, because he'll have stock as a former NXT champion. Um, But I I don't know, man. It's like no disrespect to Ziggler, right? Because I think he's very skilled, and I think he should have enjoyed more success over his career. And it's not his fault, it's the Booker's fault. But I also think he's very content with where he is in WWE. I don't think he cares. I think he's kind of happy just making towns with his mates, having fun. Not having to kill himself for the pressure of crazy. Oh, and more power to him, yeah. Totally. Yeah, he's he's cracked the code. He's cracked mm-hmm. the code in WWE. Um, I just, yeah, no, I completely agree. In a, in a roundabout way, I completely agree. Um, I think that our perception of him is probably just a little bit different to the people who are engineering him into this spot. Do we think, we both agreed, it's probably Ziggler for the win tonight? Yeah, for sure. There we go, there we go. Well, that's our um, NXT 2.0 preview locked off for the day um andy murray if they want more of your hot dolph ziggler piping hot dolph ziggler takes where can they find you on twitter nobody's had a piping hot dolph ziggler take since 2014 but you can find me on twitter at andy h murray uh, the h stands for hiroki sumi <laughs> i'm at michael hamflet that's where all the tatum paxley haters can go uh, we're tatum what, paxley we're all at what culture wwe um thanks again for listening to this podcast you can get all the previews reviews etc on itunes spotify or wherever you choose to subscribe keep us at uh, number one in the charts by sending us a uh, five-star reviews a five-star review we'll be back next you won't week. keep it at number one with, in the charts with me on the podcast brother <laughs> that's good <laughs> we're gonna be in the low 30s by the end of the day Nah, man, it's all good. We'll keep getting the reviews and fooling the algorithm. It's all grand. Um, And uh, yes, we'll be back uh, tomorrow with all this usual gubbins. We'll see you soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app 
you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.